What's up, all my little NWOites? It's Hollywood Tim Davis coming to you once again, Dummies of Wrestling podcast, with your Survivor Series 2023 review show. And what a show it was! Holy shit! Holy shit! Something that many people ha- many people believed wouldn't happen happened. It came true. It came true. The devil is not in AEW. The devil is in WWE. And the real devil, I mean, not MJF, the real devil, the one that people can't stand except if your name's Rob Hungy. What is up? We've got to do all this shit. We've got so much to talk about, man. On top of that, on top of that, if this is your first time listening, there's another rivalry that has been, uh, that has come to its end. It has come to an end, the rivalry between the NWO and the Bullet Club. Oh, the two factions, the two uh, the two old warhorses that finally had their last fight. And we have the prediction results for you. And I'm going to leave that till the end of the show. You're going to have to wait till the end of the show to hear who is the surviving faction Is it my team, the beautiful Black and White Express, the NWO, or is it the Bullet Club Old? Old. That's right, they're old. Old news. So, um, yeah, we have a lot to talk about, man. A lot to talk about. Um, It's going to be a big show. Survivor Series 2023. Was it a success? Uh, Yes, I say it would be, um, mainly because of the main event. The rest of the show was fine. That's all I can give it, man. The rest of the show was fine. Nothing really crazy happened. Um, nothing interesting happened. But let's talk about... Let's talk about the ending. And the, and the thing that everyone's talking about. Let's just get straight into it. Because that's, that's why we're here. We're here to talk about the CM Punk experience that we had in WWE. He came back... He's returned after 10, almost 10 years, he's returned to the gates of the WWE, something that many people suspected would never happen, ever again. But uh, you know what? They always come back. They always come back. You, You look back in history, back in history, Hulk Hogan came back, the Ultimate Warrior came back, even Sting. Sting, who who solemnly swore that he would never step foot into the WWE, he did it. There's been countless other people who have been quote-unquote blacklisted that have come back into the WWE. Nothing... I I still remember back in the day, back in the day, um, the old PlayStation 1, where they used to have WWF Smackdown. And before before you started the game... There was this thing that always used to say, I think it was JR, say, it's true, everything is possible in the WWE, or something along the lines of that. And that's always stuck with me. Nothing is impossible with WWE. Now, CM Punk returning. I'm I'm just going to speak my mind on my thoughts on CM Punk. I am not the biggest CM Punk, CM Punk fan out there. You probably know this if you've listened to the show before. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh my God, it was the best thing ever, uh, all, the, all that stuff. I'm not a mega fan of CM Punk like Rob Humphreys is. I appreciate what he has done in the wrestling business. I appreciate 
who he is, all that stuff. I don't think in ring he is the best in the world. I don't think that at all. I think egotistically he is a cancer. He can be a cancer. Uh, We've seen it happen in multiple companies now. Um, But him coming back to WWE is what's best for business. The reason being is because they had a... WWE has a bit of a hole. Well, did have a bit of a hole that they needed to fill up with, with the with the loss of Edge and the loss of um, Bray Wyatt and uh, various other people such as Dolph Ziggler and all that stuff. There has been this hole that they've needed to fill and they've needed to bring in someone massive. And CM Punk was the right person. Look at look at WWE. Look at WWE right now. It's getting stale. I mean, we can we can argue that it's been stale for a long time, but on SmackDown, you've got the Bloodline story, which is coming to an end. It's uh, People are getting over it. People are getting over Roman being champion. It's coming to an end. And then on Raw, you have the Judgment Day. And the Judgment Day is also getting stale because they don't know how to book the Judgment Day properly. It just seems to be every Raw... Uh, is is the same old match. Judgment Day versus two people. Judgment Day versus two people. It's the same old constant thing over and over and over again. So they needed this shake-up. They needed CM Punk to come in and bring a shake-up. And with the addition to Randy Orton as well returning, this is giving WWE new life. And I'm all for it. This has brought... CM Punk coming to WWE is going to shake up WrestleMania season so much. I don't think... uh, Matches that were speculated, such as Seth Rollins versus Gunther for the World Heavyweight Championship, things like that, I don't think that's happening anymore. I see a CM Punk versus Seth Rollins match happening at WrestleMania, which would be amazing. Will be amazing. Um... You have all these different things happening now in WWE. And I think now coming into um, WrestleMania season, we're going to see a lot of really good storytelling. I I hope. I hope. I I don't have backstage sources or anything like that, but fingers crossed, I hope we get some really good storytelling. I I hope the Judgment Day are kind of fading out because I feel like they've done all they can do with the exception of Damien Priest, who still has that money in the bank briefcase. That can come into play somewhere. But now with CM Punk returning, who knows? He might fail his cash-in. We all, we don't know. So CM Punk returning, was it a shock for me? <laughs> yes. It really was because, look, surprise appearances was a question on the scorecard. I had written down CM Punk because I thought... What the hell? Why not? Let's put him down for shits and giggles. I didn't believe he was going to show up. I really didn't. Quite honestly, and call me a fucking mark all you want, but quite honestly, I thought CM Punk was going to be the devil. I thought AEW were going to turn CM Punk's termination into the best work ever. I honestly thought he was going to be the devil. That's where I stood. I did not for a second think he was coming back to WWE. And when when it was all said and done, 
the Survivor Series. When it was all said and done, you had the logo in the in the bottom right corner, and the show was about to go off to air, and then you hear the the static, and then the music hits, and then the graphic shows, and then CM Punk walks out. At one point, when they played the music and showed the graphic, I was like, "Are they trolling us right now? Is this a is this a joke?" Until he walked out, and I was like, "Holy shit, it has come true." I put his name down in the surprise appearance because I thought, why not? Why not? Let's just get a name in there. I I, I didn't believe Brock was coming at all. Uh, I also had Okada in there because uh, of different rumors, but that didn't come through. Jade Cargill was another person in in the surprise announcement that uh, Scott put down. And when he said that, I was kind of kicking myself. I was like, damn it, they're going to show Jade. Jade did not show up. Jade did not show up. Elsie put down Gaza and Carrillo, who were rumored to be tag teaming with Santos Escobar. And when she put that down, I kicked myself and I thought, fuck, fuck, that's going to happen too. That didn't end up happening. And the reason being is I, I feel that we, with, with the return of Randy Orton and then with the return of Punk, it was probably too much. And that's the best thing I can say. So let's talk about the pay-per-view as, as a whole. Um, we'll start with the start. And before I start, this is Survivor Series. Survivor Series is the longest, second longest um, running PLE, PLE, pay-per-view, whatever you want to call it, um, of all time, just underneath WrestleMania. And Survivor Series has always been a, a, a pay-per-view that I love a pay-per-view that I really enjoy. And the reason being is is back in the day when they used to do the traditional five-on-five elimination tags. I used to love that because of the whole elimination style. And they've gone away from that for the past couple of years. And I don't like that. I, I really want them to bring... Like, War Games, don't get me wrong. War Games is fun. But it's missing that elimination style that... I love, and I'm sure people out there are agreeing with me right now. If we could make um, the 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 war games match an elimination style, it'd be so much more fun. It really would to see who the surviving people are. I think it would be fun. It would go longer. I get that, but come on, bring back the elimination style. Uh, I wrote down here. I haven't seen green shirt guy in the crowd for a while. And then halfway through the pay-per-view, I noticed him there. So congratulations, green shirt guy. You uh, spent money again. So the the pay-per-view opens up with the Women's War Games match. That's the first match, and that was on the scorecard. So most people got that correctly. And Shotzi comes out, and she's wearing a jigsaw, jigsaw jacket. And I like Shotzi because, if you've noticed, for my horror fans out there, uh, she comes all. She comes to the ring all the time with a, um, a horror movie graphic on her jacket. So I appreciate you, Chotzi. Becky Lynch and Bailey start the match, and the kendo stick is the first weapon. And I noticed during the match that Becky Lynch was busted open. So I should have had that on the scorecard. Is there going to be blood? But yeah. Um, Kari Sane comes to the ring, but she takes her sweet ass time. I don't know what the go with that is. And then EO Sky with her traditional spot, the trash can over the top, jumping off the top of the cage. That that 
move. And even when Charlotte did the moonsault off the cage, that is fucking horrifying, man. I had to put Christmas lights up on my house today. And I had a 12-foot ladder. And I went probably three quarters of the way up that ladder. And I looked down and it was high. Now, I am deadly afraid of heights. I do not like them at all. Um, And I'm sure that these superstars are fine with heights. But going halfway or three quarters up a 12-foot ladder, not even the top. And then watching this and being like, that's 15 foot. That top of that cage is 15 foot. And then to put a trash can over your head so you don't know where you're going. That is scary as shit. That is impressive, man. Holy shit. Um, all in all, the faces win. And um, this was a fine match. Look, um, I, I think I, I think if Bailey taking... Uh, the end of this match was a little predictable. Right, they they pulled the table into the ring, and I said to my wife, "I'm like Bailey's." I, I, I said it all, because my wife goes, "Are they going to use the table?" And I said, "Yeah, it will be the final spot of this match. Bailey will go. Bailey will go through it, and she will uh, be the one that's pinned." I called it, and I'm not big noting myself because I'm pretty sure we all called it. We all saw that happening. Um, it was fine. The match was fine. Impressive spots all there, but I don't know. It didn't blow me away. So for that, I give it a three and a half stars. Next up, we've got another promotional scene where they're talking about chips or crisps. But uh, the reason I bring this up is we have R-Truth returning after I don't even know how long R-Truth has been gone. God, it's been a while. But uh, yeah, it's nice to see R-Truth again. But Jesus, another promotional scene. It's what... I'm... I get it. You need to make your money, but uh, they're cringe. They're really fucking cringeworthy. They really are. The Intercontinental Championship: Gunther versus The Miz. Now, The Miz comes out, and and Michael Cole was saying he's uh, what is he a nine-time champion, nine-time Intercontinental champion, and if he wins here, he'll tie with the all-time. Uh, record, which is Chris Jericho. And I'm like, ooh, they're naming Jericho. That's interesting. Gunther comes out, and he didn't have Imperium with him. We don't get um, Kaiser doing the thing that I love, where he goes, the ring general. I love that shit. It's funny as hell. But they didn't do that. I I'm, don't know why. Are they teasing a breakup? I am I missing something? I don't watch Raw. Or I read about it, but yeah. I don't know. Um, one of the questions in the scorecard was how many slaps does The Miz take? And a lot of people had different numbers. I had eight. Scott had six. Um, Rob Hungry had fucking 27 because he's an idiot. Uh, a lot of people had different numbers all over the board. But uh, I counted there was only three in this match, which was shocking because um, he usually does a lot more. But this match... Was pretty fucking good, man. Pretty good. Um, Miz shows up, and it really shows how good and talented Miz really is, man. He's a veteran. He's been around there for so many years, and he just delivered a really, really good uh, performance. This was great storytelling. Great storytelling from the Miz, working down the unstoppable force, you working on his legs, all that stuff. Unfortunately, it was cut short. We all guessed it. Everyone here picked Gunther to win. Um, so Gunther retains the IC Championship. 
Where does he go from here? Where does Gunther go from here? Because if he's not fighting Seth Rollins at WrestleMania, if it's CM Punk and, and Seth Rollins at WrestleMania, where does Gunther step up? I have the perfect explanation as to where Gunther goes in WrestleMania season. The Beast Incarnate, Brock Lesnar. Brock versus Gunther. I see, I, I, I see title on the line. Whatever. Cool. Let Gunther go over Brock. Gunther has stated many times that Brock is the final boss. And who doesn't want to see that match? Brock versus Gunther. That would be a hard-hitting, big, meaty men slapping each other match. I'm all for it. I think that's the way to go. I think that's the direction we should go. Let Gunther hold that IC title for a bit longer. For some reason, it's not stale to me. Unlike Roman's championship now, the IC championship is not stale to me yet. Um, I'm okay with long reigns, but reigns like um, Roman Reigns' reign, 500 plus days, whatever it is, 1,000, whatever, I can't even fucking remember. Uh, that's gotten stale. But uh, Gunther versus Brock, that's money, man. Next match we've got is Dragon Lee versus Santos Escobar in a fuck you WWE match for making my scorecard harder and uh, getting rid of car. I, I, truthfully, man, I, look, Dragon Lee, he's talented. He's a talented man, third generation, whatever fucking superstar he is. I wanted Carlito. I thought it would have been a better match with Carlito. There must have been something that was happening backstage. There must have been. Uh, something, uh, Carlito must have been injured for sure. I, I don't know. Why wasn't he on the card? Who knows? This was a decent match. But I feel like I've seen this very match that many times. I've seen it so many times in AEW with, with Penta and um, Ray Phoenix. I feel like I've seen it so many times. So it didn't wow me. It didn't. I, I thought it would. I thought it might. But I'm just like, yeah, cool. It's, an, it's another... Look, Dragon Lee looks like Ultimo Dragon. They all look the same. I get it. It's their style. It's the Lucha Libre style. But how many of these fucking people do we have? <laughs> Even back in the day when Cruiserweight was at its peak in WCW, there was never this many luchadors that looked the same. Rey Mysterio has his own distinguished mask. But then you've got Rey Phoenix. You've got Penta. You've got Dragon Lee. You've got a fucking Commander. You've got all these fucking Lucha Libres who all seem to wear the same kind of mask, and it's just... Uh, I don't care. I just don't care. I give it a two and a half stars. It was fine. Women's Championship, Rhea Ripley versus Zoe Starks in a who cares about this match. Don't get me wrong. I love Rhea Ripley. I, I do. I think she's fucking great. I think she is... She looks awesome. She's definitely my type of woman. Uh, I love her moveset. I love the way she she performs around the ring, but there is absolutely no competition for Rhea Ripley. And and if you're going to sit here and say, well, no, Zoe Stark was, was good. Yeah, she's good. She's fine in the ring. But you know what? She lacks popularity. She lacks... Every so many different things to to make her noticeable. No one, no one watched this match thinking, "Oh fuck, Zoe Sarks has a chance here." 
No one thought that at all. I honestly, I, I probably would have been more entertained with Rhea versus Nia Jax. At least it would have been a shit show. This match was just, eh, eh, I, I, I didn't care. I'll never watch this match again, whatever. Zoe Stark's paint was interesting. I don't know if it was war, like war colors or if it was meant to resemble like a scratch across the face. Rhea Ripley comes out and she looks interesting. I wasn't really a big fan of her hair, but whatever. And um, they did like a, a spot off the top rope. It was like a choke slam. Rhea Ripley delivered like a choke slam from the top rope to Zoe, and she did like two flips in the air, and it was really awkward. No one really knew what was happening. Uh, but then Rhea Ripley delivered the Riptide, and there was no kick out for that. This match was a two stars for me. Now we get to the main event. The main event, men's war games match. And the whole story leading up to this was Orton was not there. Orton was not there. And they, I, I get why they did that to give you speculation that, oh shit, maybe CM Punk is here. Maybe he's going to be the final man to help them. But then when you think about it, it's like, why? Why would CM Punk help them? He's got nothing to do with the Judgment Day. Hell, he's got nothing to do with the other with the with the babyface team. So why would he? I didn't understand that. But um, Seth Rollins and Finn Balor are the ones starting this match, which no one picked. No one. I I had uh, Cody and JD McDonough, whatever his name is. Uh, no one picked Seth and Finn. So match starts and the CM Punk chants start. <laughs> We're in Chicago for all sakes. Kendo weapon, kendo stick, sorry, is the first weapon involved in the cage. And we get some good back and forth. Once again, this is still very much like the women's war games. And if I'm being 100% honest, man, up until Rand Orton came out, this was the lesser of the two. I thought the women's war games was more interesting than this. It was fine, but nothing crazy was happening. Nothing, like, no one was jumping from the top, nothing like that. Actually, in fact, no one jumped from the top in this match. And every single person here had yes picked. We all had yes to uh, someone dropping off the top of the uh, of the structure. But no one did. No one did. And if you're going to tell me that JD McDonough um, got thrown from the top, that doesn't count. He got thrown. He had to jump off. Uh... We then hear the <laughs> we then hear the the music. Randy Orton, the voices are in his head. He comes out. Holy shit! Randy Orton looks fucking huge. He looks phenomenal, man. Holy goddamn shit! Randy Orton looks he looks crazy good. He's in he's in such good shape. He just looks spectacular. I would suck his dick so hard. Holy goddamn shit! Randy Orton comes out. Hasn't missed a beat, man. Pure fucking talent right there. Awesome. Awesome. The faces win. Yep. The faces win. <laughs> That's all I can really say about this match. It was fine. It was fine. And then the big moment happened. CM Punk came out. And wow. What a... This is why I love wrestling. The unexpected surprises. The unexpected surprises. You know what would have been great? And I understand why they they did it. 
But what would have been great if, if the start of the start of the Survivor Series, they still haven't found a partner. And we're there waiting for the next person to come out. And then we get the surprise that it's Randy Orton. But they uh, they decided to tell everyone that it was Randy Orton. And I understand why they did that. It's because the CM Punk chants. Randy, Randy would have gotten booed out of the arena if they did that. He would have. Um, because everyone would have been expecting Punk. But um, no, this was the right way to do it. Uh, I think for me personally, I would have loved to have a, had a surprise with Randy Orton. But um, yeah, they did the best they could. It was going to be hijacked if it wasn't uh, CM Punk there. But overall, man, decent show. Not my favorite Survivor Series of all time. Cr- definitely one of the best surprises in WWE we've had since Cody, for sure. But um, yeah, man. Good fucking pay-per-view. And I think, I don't, do I, I don't actually know if WWE has a pay-per-view in, um, in December. I know we got World's End, which, um, World's End with AEW, um, on December 30th, which means it will air here in Australia on December 31st, New Year's Eve, which I can't watch that live. I'm too busy getting drunk. Um... I'm just I'm just checking. I, I didn't want to watch World's End. Okay, we got huh. Tribute to the Troops, December eighth. I don't know if that's a pay per view though. And then we got uh no, it looks NXT deadline on December 9th. That's it, man. That was wow. Tribute to the Troops is uh the next thing, and that's December 8th, so we don't have, holy shit, we do not have, no, surely there's going to be something else, we do not have anything until the Royal Rumble, which is January 27th, apparently, I think they're going to go back to Saudi Arabia before then, the start of January, they're going to probably go back to Saudi Arabia, Um, going back to what I was saying about World's End, I wasn't going to watch it. I wasn't because it's airing here on New Year's Eve. It's too hard for me to watch and I want to have fun with my friends. Understandable? Yeah, I think so. But then they go and book fucking Samoa Joe and MJF in uh, for the world title. And I'm like, damn, damn, that's a good match. And then it looks like they're booking Edge versus Christian. And I'm like, damn, damn, that's a good match. And now I'm thinking, for fuck's sakes, Tony Khan, can you just make a lackluster fucking card so I don't have to watch it? But no, they're going to do it, and I'm going to have to watch it the next fucking night or the next day when I'm hungover. Thank you, Tony Khan. Anyway, enough of my jibber-jabber. It's time to talk about the fucking reason we're here. The scorecard. Predictions. Who is the reigning faction? Who survives? So... We have, in the ring, myself, of course, Trucker Trent. Actually, let, let's, let's, let's do, let's break it up. Let's break it up right now. So, representing the Bullet Club Old, we've got, led by Scott fucking Crawford and Robert fucking Hungry, we have um, Trucker Trent and the reigning defending Dummies of Wrestling champion, Elsie Barnett. All from the Bullet Club Old. Representing the um, 
NWO, that black and white, too sweet, hot express. We have yours truly, me. We have uh, Alan fucking Cha-Cha. We have Paul fucking Lindsay. And we've got Geordie Van Vuklis. Then, last but not least, representing himself, Don Anelli. And, um, yeah. So, without further ado, this scorecard was out of 24. Coming in dead last, with a score of six, we have <laughs> Scott Crawford. Oh, all oh, that burns. Scott, did you even fuck it? Did you even show up? You, like, six. Six out of 24. You had six points out of 24. That's embarrassing. For the leader of the Bullet Club, the leader, you had six points. My God. My God, you really let your team down this year, man. You really let your team down. Coming in next, we have a tie for third place with one, two, three, four, five, six people. Six people in a tie for third place with a total of uh, 10 points. 10 points. We have Jordy Van Vuklis with 10 points. We have Paul Lindsay with 10 points. We have Alan Chacha with 10 points. That's my entire stable gone right there. That's my entire stable. I'm, I'm the only NWO guy left. We have uh, Don Anelli. We have Trucker Trent. And we have Rob Hunky. All with 10 points coming in third. You know what? That, that, that only leaves me and Elsie. That's it. That's the only two people that's left. Um, once again, the leaders of the Bullet Club old completely just done. Rob and Scott, my God. Way to go, guys. Way to keep your stable alive. You need a leader like me who uh, who can keep his stable alive. Or can I? Can I? All right. I'm going to tell you right now, we, we do actually have a winner here. We do have a winner. Uh, coming in second with a total score of 13 out of 24. Dun, 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 Elsie Barnett, which means I am once again your reigning defending champion with a score of 15 out of 24, me. Me, your leader of the NWO, which is now the surviving faction. Brothers and sisters of the NWO, rejoice and hold your heads up high because the Bullet Club old is done, finished, dusted. Scott, Rob, Elsie, Trucker Trent, and, um... Who, who else was it? Who, who else was in the fucking... I can't remember. Zach Davis, my own brother. You're all done. Your Bullet Club old is done. It's gone. It's gone away. It's uh, You're broken up. You're gone. You can't ever come back again. You now have to bow down and say the NWO is the best faction that's ever lived. And, I, and Scott, Scott, you... I want to hear you say, I want a video of you bowing down to me, proclaiming to be the best. I want to hear it, baby. Take it like a man, bitch. NWO is on top. Once again, I am your champion. And before anyone out there starts bitching and going, oh, well, I cheated. I did all this. No, I, I, I did not cheat. I, I, I was fucking Santa Claus. I checked this list three times. Made sure everything was right. And if you have any problems, please hit me up. But um, yeah, you know what it came down to? It was neck to neck, me and Elsie. 
absolutely neck to neck. And I thought, fuck sakes, it's going to end in a tie and Elsie's going to end up retaining. And uh, the NWO is going to be obsolete. But what I didn't realize is that I picked the faces, Cody Rhodes' team, to win the men's war game. Elsie picked the heel team. She picked Judgment Day to win um, this this uh, thing. And that's where it came down to. That was like that game of the edge. And then on top of that, CM Punk coming out, which Elsie did not have picked. That gave me the two extra points over her. And I'm like, oh, oh, this is just too sweet, man. This is so fucking good. So there we have it, guys. That is the end of this pay Oh, man, it's so good to be champion again. You can you can expect to hear me ranting and raving for the, uh, the remainder, remainder of 2023. You know what? 2023 has had its ups and downs, but one thing we can agree on is that uh, it's been good for the NWO. I will say that. It's been fucking great because we knocked out our competition. The Bullet Club old is done. It's gone. Goodbye, Scott. Goodbye, Rob. Elsie, thanks for being a transitional champion. You did well. You held that title nice and warm for me. And now it's around my shoulder once again. Oh, it's good to be sweet. I think I'm hearing voices in my head. I hear voices in my head. They count for me. They understand. They talk to me. Yes.